Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We are on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D-P-R-U-P. We are on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. And we are on Blurred.com, our partners. Great website full of nerd content from a black cultural lens. I'm your very warm host, Brendan, and I'm joined by Mel. You sound like the Micro Machines guy. You just rattled that right off. You know, I'm, I'm getting more efficient. Yeah, you are, definitely. Do you, do you know who the Micro Machines guy is? I'm not that Okay, I'm just making sure because you're kind of, yeah. Well, though, you're kind of looking at me like, the what? <laughs> I mean, because it was such a long time ago, I'm trying to remember right. what that guy sounded okay, like. Okay, yeah. He was just very quick. He kind of said things very smoothly and quickly. Because he almost sounded mm. like the uh, the monster truck people, like, be there, be there, they'll be the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, kind of. It was mm-hmm. like, they're kind of like the same yeah. came vibe. But today's show is not about Micro Machines. It is not. Uh, on this show, we're going to discuss The Wonder Years being rebooted with a black family and the latest Candyman teaser. We're also going to give a review of Spike Lee's newest film, The Five Bloods. We're going to give a long overdue discussion of Kipo and The Age of Wonder Beasts, the Netflix animated series whose main cast are all characters of color. But first, arrest the cops who killed Brown Taylor. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> Have you seen the... I put an article out on the Facebook group. It's called The Mumification of Brianna Taylor. I saw that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why I haven't really shared any of them be- on my own social media because it, this is a serious situation. And what's weird is when this first became a thing, I started like, calling and looking for places to write and they all go to essentially dead ends. So this memeing is nice, but I don't think any of the people who actually have power to do anything are paying attention to them. It's exactly. just self... Uh, what's the word? Self, not self-promotion. What's the word? It's self-serving? Just, uh, not self-serving even. It's just, you know, putting a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing out into the world. Yeah. Would Brianna Taylor look down on this and say, hey, at least they're making memes about me? I mean, it's not what she would want, I would think. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think even the fact that we're like, what would she want? That's not the point. The point is, sure. who cares what she would want or didn't want? The point is she's not here to want it and we need to, to punish the people who made that happen. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Brett, Hankinson, Jonathan Mattingly, and Miles Cosgrove are the officers who are still policing the streets of Louisville, and they have her blood on her hands. Which is terrible. Can you? That's the thing. Like, I guess people don't realize that if you are a police officer and you do, there, there's no time off for that, mandatory or anything like that. Whether or not it's justified, it's never justified, but for the sake of whoever, right? If you do use lethal or harmful force against somebody they don't sit you down for a month six months put you through some counseling they just say go right on back out kill somebody else maybe that, not that, that but it's just ridiculous yeah exactly yeah. i mean no matter what the circumstances are and again i personally don't think that it's ever justified to murder a person but no matter what the circumstances are like you know military people in the military who arguably highly arguably have a more um have a more legitimate rationale i suppose for some of the situations the for the the whatever it is for the violence that that happens in under the circumstances of that job mm-hmm. they sit you down they they sit you down they put you through some some counseling it might not be a lot and it's certainly not enough as we see from all the accounts of ptsd and some of the horrible things that veterans go through mm. but they try and there's no system like that at all in place for the police. And they just kind of go back out into the world. And I don't know why more police aren't complaining about that. And right. that's the interesting thing to me. Like, the, really? 
Well, from the statistics, they go home and take it out on somebody. Exactly, and that's what's crazy to me. This is this is this apple is rotten on both sides. But yeah, the only one side is complaining, huh? Right. It's weird. It's very strange. Okay. Sorry. How did we get there? <laughs> that, was, that was on me. That was on me. But but it's important. I I really don't want to let her just fade out. Of course. You know she's not trending anymore. So like mm. we can't we can't allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. So guys, just do whatever you can to keep her name out there. Protest, boycott, whatever you can. Call. Mm-hmm. I don't know what leads to dead ends or not, but mm-hmm. do what you can. But yeah, showing that racism has been here long after slavery. Uh, the Wonder Years is being rebooted with an all black cast for ABC. The original series came out in 1988, which was about suburban white kids growing up in the late 60s and 70s. I'm not sure what holds up still, but as a kid, I really enjoyed that show. Mm. I love that show. Mm-hmm. But the official description of this new show is how a black middle class family in Montgomery, Alabama, in the turbulent late 1960s, the same era as the original series, made sure it was the wonder years for them too. That is an. Uh, that's from the origin from the official. Yeah, that's awful. Um, number one, the Wonder Years for them too. Yeah, way to swing and miss. Um, yeah. Also, what were you saying about arresting Brianna Taylor's killers? Isn't that uh, why are they making a reboot? Everything is being rebooted and renamed and added. So, <laughs> that's not what we asked for. Exactly. And didn't we already have a version of this kind of set? Because the whole point of, in the 80s, of course, there's 60 nostalgia, 60s nostalgia, 20 years later, all the people who are kids in the 60s mm-hmm. are adults looking back fondly, or their kids watching it together, looking back fondly. And then we had our own version of that, and it was called Everybody Hates Chris. <laughs> so kind of 20 years after, we kind of looked back fondly. I would love to see a show about Montgomery, Alabama in the 60s, but I, I don't know why it would be called The Wonder Years. Do something else. Do something new. I guess that's my feeling on it. I heard that Fred Savage is on board for this, too, which I find weird. Maybe he'll be like one of his teachers or something in the school. Yeah, which still, I mean, it's just I get it. But also I'm like, because he always was really adamant. He was never going to be a part of any reboots or Mm -hmm. any remakes. And now he's like, well, I guess because racism is real, I'm going to be a teacher. Really? Come on now. I'm not sure how I I feel about it. I think there definitely aren't enough at least TV dramas from that era to, to really like with mm-hmm. the proper production budget to really make that, make that pop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to have some better understanding of how my parents grew up at the time. Cause my mom and dad mm-hmm. were nine, 10 years old mm-hmm. around that time, middle school around that time. So I could possibly see my parents in this show if I could. And, you know, see these kids deal with, horrifying things but also how did they survive and still try to stay positive and live their life under Mm -hmm. that under those conditions Mm -hmm. i think you know for kids that could be inspiring i don't know um for us too it could be eye-opening i don't know it'd Mm -hmm. be cool to see a new generation of black and white and everyone in between have a new winnie cooper and a black woman would be great uh, well, I guess. I mean, I, I never really cared about the character of Winnie. I guess she's iconic, but I, you know, I never got the whole thing with her. I think she's much more interesting now that she's a physicist, honestly. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, um, in real life anyway. I, and I agree with you. I think it'd be great to have a show about that time period mm-hmm. and about a black family in the 60s. But I don't know why you would. I just don't. Oh, you have to. I feel. It. Yeah. Why call it the Wonder Years? Why make it a reboot of something we've already had? Why not just tell a new. I'm very into this whole like, let us do our own thing. Not everything has to 
to be a reboot or a remake of something somebody white already did. A shadow of what exactly, you did. yeah. So I'm just let so just make a new show about a black family in the '60s. Although it did work for what was it? Not one life to live. Uh, one day at a time. They remade that with a Latino family, and apparently it's really good. Although I haven't seen it. But and the and, yeah. and the uh, the Karate Kid. <laughs> womp womp. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, if they didn't put the Karate Kid on that movie, it would have been pretty good for what it was. And that's exactly my it's point. It's like here's the Karate Kid in mm-hmm. China doing not karate. Yeah, he's the Kung Fu Kid, the, the pretty Wushu much. Kid. Pretty I don't much, know. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It was it was silly. That was so yeah. silly. But that's exactly my point. Exactly. They should have called that something else, and it yes. would have been a great movie. But yes. because they called it the Karate Kid, everybody was like, "But huh? no, you not." <laughs> right. The original song for the Wonder Years was written by the Beatles, and it was from the late 60s. Mm-hmm. What song would you choose for this, with the black performer? Off the top of your head, if you could. I I wouldn't, because I don't want this show to happen. <laughs> Not this way, anyway. Imagine, but I understand. imagine I know, the Wonder Years was totally out. It wasn't, it yeah. wasn't under this title. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a new show completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, would you, what would you do? Uh, probably Marvin Gaye what's going on okay yeah yeah but I don't remember what year that came out but I mean it would fit the era and mm. probably the tone of the show it's around the, around yeah. the time mm-hmm. yeah I have nothing my my knowledge of 60s like I'm very bad with time when it mm-hmm. comes to those artists back in those days mm-hmm. all I can think of is All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix but obviously that wouldn't work for that I kind mean, of show. maybe yeah I, I love know. that song I but it's not for yeah, that yeah it's totally that. Uh, the other only other song that just popped into my mind is Ball of Confusion by The Temptations, but okay. I think that came out in the 70s, actually. Okay. But it would be the kind of the same tone. I mean, if it was a mini a show that ran many years, whenever they transitioned, they could change. I don't know. Kind of like, well, never mind. doesn't matter. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on to the Candyman teaser mm-hmm. that Nita Costa released on Twitter a couple weeks ago. And... I don't know how you feel about it, but it was absolutely haunting. I haven't seen it. I've never seen the original Candyman, so I want to go into this completely blind. Wow. Yeah. I, wow, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen the original Candyman either, mm-hmm. but the teaser itself has almost nothing to do with it, and that's what's mm. that's what's amazing about it. The visuals are done by Manual Cinema, which is an Emmy award-winning visual audio collective they use puppets and vintage overhead projectors mm. to create these like immersive mm-hmm. stories if you youtube the forger folks at home mm-hmm. just youtube it after the show it's fantastic but anyway in the teaser Candyman's origin is illustrated and it's uh, juxtaposed with more recent racism and police brutality and here's here's a tweet from nita costa in the video the, the caption Candyman. At the intersection of white violence and black pain is about unwilling martyrs. The people they were, the symbols we turn them into, the monsters we are told they must have been. In the teaser, you have, you know, innocent boy just riding his bicycle and all of a sudden these hands point at him and all of a sudden he's being electrocuted. I forgot the kid, the 14-year-old black boy who this is based on. I don't know who you mean, but I don't remember the name either. And then at the very end, you have Candyman, his his whole tale. I mean, do you want me to tell you the tale? I know the story, okay. but I've, ne- I've just never seen the film. So mm-hmm. it just it just, just goes back and forth about instances of real black people doing innocent things and then mm-hmm. just being brutalized for it. Yeah. And then it cuts to this fictional character. Mm-hmm. And like, how, how close is this to reality and fantasy? Like, what's what's the line here? And it's really great. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you should watch it. 
It's yeah. fantastic. Well, I, I'll watch it. I mean, I'm looking forward to the film. I, like I said, I know the story of Candyman, and I think what it does is really good. But I just, I'm curious to see what happens. I'm not going to watch the original until after I see the new film. Mm. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm even more excited for this film. It was originally slated for June 12th, mm-hmm. but because of the pandemic, it has now been pushed back to September 25th, mm. which is Will Smith's birthday. And he's in the news for being announced to star in a new slave film called Emancipation with Antoine Fuqua. I swear to God, when you said Will Smith is in the news, that is not what I was expecting you to say. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, are we talking about no, this? No, okay. not going there. <laughs> yeah. I, have no, I have zero interest in that. I, it's, zero. Yeah, it's a, there's a, zero. Yeah, really, who cares? Anyway, moving on. So he's he's in a slave film? Yeah, and I'm... Are we he, still doing slave yeah, films? Yeah, it's okay. It's based on a true story mm-hmm. around the horrific black and white, the scourged back picture, mm-hmm. the man with the uncountable whipping scars on his yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So apparently that, that picture helped solidify the cause of abolitionists and prompted many free black people to join the Union Army at that time. So it's based on... Funny how that happens. Based uh, on history, but yeah, I mean, I'm as you said, I'm I'm over it. I don't, I, mean, I don't need them anymore. The thing is, I guess it's not so much that it's another slave film. It's just at this point... So slavery lasted 400 years, and it's, some, it's something interesting I realized. I read Beloved by Toni Morrison recently, and then I read A Mercy right after it. Mm-hmm. And so A Mercy takes place at the beginning of American slavery, and mm-hmm. Beloved takes place at the end. And the, I'd never re- read those two books in juxtaposition to each other before, and but reading them, I realized, oh, you know, f- over 400 years, that is a th- the institution of slavery really changed. So why do we always have literally the exact same slave story, no matter when in time it's set? Mm. So, I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily against the idea of slave stories, but I don't know why we're always telling the same one. There are a lot of different things that happened in slavery, and it looked very different at the beginning than it did at the end. Okay. So we're just kind of not really retell. I mean, we've got Harriet Tubman and people getting beat. There's more to the story than that. Right. Oh, we also have white people saving black people, abolitionists. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I'm not like them. But you kind of are. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, really? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, in a, in a way, in a, mm-hmm. an important story, uh, it sounds like an important story to tell. Mm-hmm. However, you know, I just, I don't need or want to see black people brutalized to understand what's going on anymore. Right. It, right. And the thing is, with the, we have so much history. And that's not even just within the institution of slavery, just as as an entire demographic of people all over the world, as an entire diaspora. Totally. We have so much history and we we get three stories, four stories, five stories, maybe at most. And then a couple, you know, we get to be sidekicks in science fiction in the future. So it's kind of I mean, don't why don't we mind those stories more? It's just interesting to me. I remember, did you see the new, well, the newer version of Roots, the miniseries, TV miniseries? No. They did an interesting thing. It was a couple of years ago now, but they did an interesting thing with it where they spent a lot of that series actually in Africa uh, with growing up, you know, with Kunta Kinte growing up and doing his thing and becoming an adult and beginning to become an adult and everything. And I remember watching that and thinking, I just want to see this for, for, I just want to see this for four or five episodes. I don't really want to see the story after because I know that story already. Right. I've been told it so many times. Right. But this story is fresh and new and interesting because I never hear it. Totally. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, stories like Get Out, 
mm-hmm. us, Candyman, Sorry to Bother You, mm-hmm. Dope, etc. These are what mm-hmm. I'm interested in. Like, history is great, yes. but I also want to see what else we can make right. for the present, for the right. future. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Candyman, I, black female director mm-hmm. takes the baton of black horror genius uh, Jordan Peele and into the new decade. Mm-hmm. You know, it really looks promising. I'm mm-hmm. excited about it. If it ever comes out. I mean, I don't think every all of these movies that have been pushed back to September, October, November. Well, America's number one in something right now. So who knows if we're going to get... In the economy. Yeah. Um, in winning. In something. I guess, what are you winning? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so I don't know that any of those movies are going to be released. You're totally right. We're right? not going to see another new movie until December, probably. January, maybe. We'll see. I mean, although to be honest, the stubbornness, who knows, they might reopen because they've reopened restaurants. Have you seen these pictures? People in like gloves and hazmat suits serving. Really? Are you kidding me? I would lose my appetite. Dude comes up in a hazmat suit like, did you want cheese nose eggs? Right, exactly. (laughs) Like, I'd be like, no, I want to go home. Are you serious? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I can't even imagine how it is back home. I can't either. Although, from what I understand, I mean, from talking to friends and family, I don't know how your folks are doing. We, we're from different parts of the country, mm-hmm. but where I'm where I'm from, everybody's kind of just sort of staying in and going out when they need to. Yeah. And, like, really carefully scheduling stuff. Most people aren't out all crazy, but then again, who knows? <laughs> yeah, it sucks for my brother. He was supposed mm-hmm. to graduate high school this yeah. year, and he just... I think they kind of did some kind of mm-hmm. social distance event, yeah. and it just sucks. I really yeah. wish I could have gone home to see him, period, yeah. and it just sucks if he couldn't get his big exactly. time yeah. to shine. You know? Same for my for my youngest sister. She was she graduated this year, and it was, but she didn't want to go anyway, so I don't think she was as upset. But <laughs> I mean, still, just the, yeah. But just the idea, you know, could, you don't get to go to any of your final year in high school stuff. Yeah, it just kind of ends with a whimper, yeah. whether or not you wanted to go. The idea of being able to go is always nice. Yeah, the cool thing about being a teen and not want to do something is it exists and you don't want to exactly. do it. Exactly, exactly. It's, <laughs> like not, it's not like, because the minute somebody says you can't, then you're like, well, wait, no, I want the option, right? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Well, speaking of disappointments, uh, let's talk about The Five Bloods, a.k.a. we got Chadwick Boseman for The Five Hours. <laughs> so let's barely have him in it and market the movie around him. Basically, yeah. Okay, I was with it. I was really trying hard to be with it until I realized that the five bloods are literally named after the five original temptations. Did you catch that? Eh. Yeah. So the five bloods are David, Otis, Paul, Eddie, and Melvin. Those are the five original temptations. And I was like, Spike Lee, no, you can't do this. (laughs) Wow. So the minute I realized that, I was like, this is just peak didactic in all the wrong ways. And Spike Lee is preachy, you know, but... But you kind of, I don't know how you feel about Spike Lee, let's, but yeah, let's, let's, let's move back. Okay. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's circle back. Let's, let's circle back. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know what this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know and we watched it, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Spike Lee just came hot off of Black Klansman. This is a story about some black Vietnam vets who returned to Vietnam after a few decades to find the remains of their beloved leader, played by Chadwick Boseman, and the gold that they buried before they returned back home. So before we get into our critique critiques, Sorry. Just, that's mm-hmm. okay, no, you're good. Um, I just want to talk about the cast first. So this is an all-star cast of older black actors who we know and love, besides T'Challa. <laughs> uh, one of my favorites, Clark Peters from The Wire mm-hmm. and Jessica Jones, Isaiah Whitlock. Was he a Jessica Jones? 
Yes. Who was he in Jessica Jones? He what was, did I miss? He was a detective. Oh, right. Okay. That's sorry. why it fits. So yeah, well. that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And remember that that black woman was also in that show or Daredevil. I forgot which show she was in, but she was definitely in that as a cop too. I'm pretty sure she was in Daredevil. I think it was Daredevil. I yeah. don't remember. I forgot her name, yeah, but, anyway. but she was mm-hmm. awesome. Anyway, we also have Isaiah Whitlock, creator of the shit gif. We've all used <laughs> at least once in wire, our life. Yeah. Also from The Wire, yes. <laughs> and of course, Mr. Stop Eating My Sesame Cake himself, Delroy Lindo. Is, Mel, that, how, is that how he said it? <laughs> you, ever, you saw Congo, right? Yeah, For course. those who don't know what that is, just, just Google Stop Eating My Sesame Cake. Mm-hmm. Mel, you had a hilarious bar about Delroy Lindo. On oh, Facebook. No, well, I mean, <laughs> I just feel watch. Okay, and actually, it was watching this movie that made me think this. I feel like Delroy Lindo's entire career has just been playing variations of toxic masculinity, and, and this movie is toxic. the is the peak of that. Yeah. But before we get deeper into the film, I want to be transparent about my experience. Mm-hmm. So first, I've watched very few Spike Lee films. I watched uh, Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And I watched half of Black Klansman. I was on the on the plane seeing when I okay. saw it, and mm-hmm. I fell asleep uh-huh. twice. I think oh, wow. just because I was just yeah, I was plane. exhausted. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, I watched like two films before that. I mm-hmm. saw Crazy Rich Asians and Teen Titans Go, and I was like, okay, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me watch this one now. And then it was just mm-hmm. snooze town. So, right. and second, I've barely watched any war films. Mm-hmm. I've watched Saving Private Ryan. I've watched Fury mm-hmm. and Glorious Bastards, if you can call it that. I guess. Yeah. And of course, my favorite war film is Aliens. So that's <laughs> that's my reference point going right. into this film. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I've watched more war. F- I don't love war films, but I've seen enough of them, I suppose. Uh, as, as Spike Lee, I've seen almost everything he's made. I but I watch Spike Lee the same reason for the same reason I watch Quentin Tarantino. You don't. I don't really go into a Spike Lee film expecting a regular movie. Like it's very mm. much just a peek inside his head. Like it's kind yes. of like looking at a at a certain artist painting or something. You know, you're going to see a certain sort of thing. He's going to preach to you a little bit. You'll see all your favorite black actors do some iconic things. You'll have some really beautiful, poignant portrayals of just regular black life, surrounded by absolute nonsense. My favorite Spike Lee movie is Bamboozled because it is all of those things at once. Right? It's absolutely ridiculous. It's preachy. It's got this really belabored metaphor. But it also has some of the funniest things I've ever seen on film just kind of peppered in there. And it's got these really beautiful portrayals. There's a scene in Bamboozled between Jada Pinkett Smith and what's his name now? Not Mostaf. What is he called now? Uh, Yasin Bey. Yeah, Yasin Bey. Between Jada Pinkett Smith and Yasin Bey, they play brother and sister in the film. And there's a scene in that film that every time I see it, I want to cry because it reminds me of when I was in my early 20s and lived in this downtown artsy spot. And my brother would just pop by sometimes and just talk to me about nothing. Right. But that scene reminds me of that. Right. So you get these really lovely portrayals of blackness surrounded by what? What are you doing? And random preaching. Yeah. And I love that about it. It. It's you kind of know to expect the Spike Lee experience, but if you just want to watch a movie, that's not what you watch Spike Lee for. Yeah, so let's get into that now. Yeah, I want to first talk about what I liked. Um, mm-hmm. The overall chemistry between the actors was good. Like they, they really felt like they had been through shit together mm-hmm. and and alone. Yeah, they've and been in enough movies together and that's, enough and yeah, shows. Things. Yeah, right? exactly. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But yeah, they lightly touched on some heavy stuff in the movie. You know, them being vets, they talk about PTSD. Mm-hmm survivor's guilt, forbidden romance mm-hmm. in a foreign land. Yeah. And as black men, they talk about racism and what they're owed, but how do you react to people who view you as their oppressors, mm-hmm. pillagers and murderers? 
it it would have been nice to explore those themes a little deeper, but mm-hmm. it was nice for that to be at least represented in some capacity. So when you talk about our history, mm-hmm. I would love to see films that really dug in that would really dig into those things mm-hmm. because it seems like right now black folks are in the center of like, you know, we're the most oppressed and we blah blah blah, blah. but what happens when you become what you hate? I would love to explore that. Actually, okay, there's, yeah, well, I'll get there. I've got something to say on that, actually. Well, I don't, but somebody interesting said something about that, and I'll point that out in a minute. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really all I liked about this film. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, again, I wanted to be with it. Yeah. I really did. I was I excited. I thought to myself, okay, so it's because the racial disparity and the situation racially with the Vietnam War, one, at one point, my favorite musical in the world was Hair. And uh, there's a song in there called 3500, which talks about how there was a um, there was a battle during the Vietnam War where 356 Viet Cong were captured, but 3,500 black soldiers died. Right. And how like, yeah, it was crazy. Or no, 3,500 American soldiers died. The majority of them were black or of color. Mm. And uh, there was this massive racial discrepancy. They mentioned it in this film, actually. Where, like, you know, at the time, black people were 11% of the population, but something like 25% of the soldiers that were sent over. And this was in the middle of the civil rights movement. Right. So there was this. So that's always been really interesting to me to see how that's all shaken out. And there hasn't been enough discussion, in my opinion, of black people in the Vietnam War or actually involved in the war in art or media. So it was interesting. I really was hoping to have that. But what I got was like Black History 101. Here's a Marvin Gaye song. Here's everybody's catchphrase. Shit. And, then, <laughs> and of course, there are, and then there are the temptations. And that was just beyond ridiculous to me. I do want to talk about, you know, when they do kind of confront their role as soldiers in that war, oh. the person who gets the heaviest scene is the most toxic character yeah and that's delroy lindo who in the film is a trump voter mm-hmm. and he says you know this guy comes up to him and he's like you know you killed my family and blah 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 and the dude delroy lindo just freaks out mm-hmm. calls him racist words and yeah. then that's kind of the end of it and really the it kind of goes back to his ptsd and doesn't mm-hmm. really talk about mm-hmm. how he really feels about his role in the war none mm-hmm. of them do even the most yeah. liberal among them and mm-hmm. that was i thought that was a big big miss yeah, I think, and to be honest, I think even the little bit that it was explored goes down to the performance of Delroy Lindo. He gave a great performance because he is literally every toxic dude on the block you've ever met. Right? Like, seriously, I felt like he, I mean, I've met that guy a million times and run away every time, right? Like, he just, he plays that role to a T. Yeah. Um, so any of the real commentary we get doesn't come from the script. It comes from the performance, I think. Sure. Now, that said, are you familiar with Viet Thanh Nguyen? No. Okay, he is a Vietnamese-American writer. He's maybe the only really famous Vietnamese-American writer. He wrote The Sympathizer, which is about a, uh, which well, it's about the Vietnam War, broadly, um, about Vietnamese people in the Vietnam War, because he, he the way he refers to himself is he was born in Vietnam, made in America. He won the Pulitzer Prize for this novel. You know who this is? I I'm pretty sure I know him now, yes. Okay, yeah. He's been lighting folks up over this particular film and some of the comments that people have made to him about the film um, over the past week, which is, he's he's been burning people to a crisp all over his social media, which I love. But he wrote a really good article about this film because okay. he, he, like a lot of Asian Americans in prominent sort of intellectual roles, there's sort of an affinity with black American culture. 
And he recognizes that. And he was really excited for the film because he thought, wow, as a black American director making a film about the Vietnam War, maybe Spike will say something different. But he doesn't. And he critiques the film based on the fact that it is still essentially just a story of American imperialists. It is. And not particularly good ones either. <laughs> so, no, you're totally know, right. Like they're really bad at it. So, and also the fact it, he, you know, there's kind of an irony in making a film about disenfranchised black people, but also having, um, but totally disenfranchising the Vietnamese people, right? It, or who are actually, it's their country. So there hasn't been a film about the Vietnam War that's actually about Vietnamese people because even though we took huge losses in it and it was a really iconic event in our own culture, uh, it, the impact it had on Vietnam, on Laos, on Cambodia, ultimately, is insane. And nobody talks about the fact that it, no matter what it means to us, it meant much more to them. Oh, yeah. And it's really, it's really, it's not our story, yeah. essentially. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, yeah. I totally agree. Uh, moving on from just that, as far as the historical importance, I want to talk about just the basic story. I mean, it's lazy. I mean, um, the two items that are important, the gold and the remains, are found way too conveniently. Mm -hmm. um, I was I was expecting, so when they started find, I don't know if we're spoiling or not. Does it matter? Yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, right now it's going to get spoiled. So Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, shut off. Yeah, come back in really five minutes. Yeah, we're not really recommending you see this anyway. Yeah, so, let yeah. me just get the review out the way so you all can just know how I feel. This mm -hmm. uh, this movie was two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. so, I, so because of that, it gets two and a half stars for me. Two and a half gold, two and a half gold bars out of five. For it me. gets one gold bar and a long preachy speech about the first black man to discover gold for me. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, I probably go lower than that. Yeah, yeah I, I I probably put one yeah. one or mm -hmm. two. Yeah, yeah, but Spoiler. so when they start to find the gold, because I wasn't expecting them to find it, just find it like that anyway. And they've been talking I'm so much a shit about yeah, and then, exactly. Oh, here I, yeah. I found I found. The exactly. MacGuffin, guys. Exactly, yeah. It's so weird. And the thing is, they've been talking so much yeah. about, like, landmines and all of that. So I was, so they're all jumping around in that field. I'm like, somebody's going to blow up. Oh, my God, somebody's going to blow up. To the point where when somebody actually does blow up twice later on, it's completely anticlimactic. I was, like, it was yeah. almost comical. Because yeah. I'm like... Mm -hmm. As soon as you see, as soon as old dude started kind of wandering back, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, he's dead. Exactly. I'm like, it was almost Quentin, Quentin Tarantino comedy of like. Exactly. Yeah. And then once, and mm -hmm. then when they showed his actual body. Yeah, because that it was the worst. So cheap. Oh gosh. It looked so cheap. And I honestly usually don't care about things looking cheap as long as you sell me the story. But the story didn't make any sense. It was like it was Tropic Thunder, cheap exactly. and hilarious. Exactly. Like, and then, <laughs> the way that they come at the end and the way that they just they just bury him that nobody cares that he's dead they're like we have to bury him and then they do and then they leave and i'm like are you serious well no that's they, it <laughs> they're still hanging there because mm -hmm. old dude caught his foot on on the mm -hmm. on the on the on the landmine yeah yeah uh-huh um and then of course I, it was so dumb for Dora mm -hmm. to just they know too much I'm like you we didn't tell them anything dude exactly like they just happened to walk up and save your ass I mean, and again you again me? it's like there's two and a half hours that could have been cut down so much it or could've... at least you could have made it long and made mm -hmm. it worth something yeah let old dude explore things mm -hmm. with his daughter yeah. or like mm -hmm. jesus christ there's yeah, so much yeah, you could have exactly. done like the idea like the fact that they that you had this half black half vietnamese woman who was just raised in vietnam not knowing her father at all give and me he her didn't story she, yeah, for two and a half hours that looked Please. interesting yeah yes. that was like some watchman levels of like oh Even that could have been good but no her and her mom just how they went from mm. rags to riches exactly like, that's a story. That story right exactly and it was a story about vietnamese people which yes. no matter because the vietnamese 
Vietnamese people in this were rec- were relegated to extras. Even the villain is basically just kind of comical. He's got a really bad accent too, and that's weird. Yeah. None of them. Nobody. I. Okay. Well, never mind. I don't. I'm not I don't spend too much yeah, more exactly. on this movie because exactly. it, it I don't sucks. Wanna, yeah, exactly. But I do want to talk mm-hmm. about the, the landmines, right? Because. Yeah. They they know about it. They experienced mm-hmm. it in the past. They mm-hmm. experienced it in the movie. It becomes mm-hmm. a large part of the plot. But after a certain point, they just don't give a shit about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just running through the woods. Yeah, and when a landmine does uh, does appear, it's a plot convenience. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it goes back to what my stick was. I've said it in other movie reviews. Mm-hmm. But when the movie stops caring, I stop caring. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm like, if you're gonna have, for like I said, for me, I'm not as much of a stickler for that kind of thing as you are. But if you're gonna be illogical, sell me on the story. Make me just be so immersed in the story that I don't care that it's illogical. I still want to see what's happening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's move on to a better note. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Netflix production, Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. Yay. So, for those who don't know, this is a Netflix animation. Adaptation of a webcomic by Radford Seacrest? Is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I've never heard it said before. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a 2D DreamWorks production animated by a South Korean studio mm-hmm. called Mir, who did most of the Legend of Korra. Yeah. They did Voltron, and they did one of my, one of my favorite recent um, DC films, The Death of Superman. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't know they did that. Yeah. So the plot summary is a girl called Kipo searching for her father after she is forced to flee from her underground home and must explore the post-apocalyptic surface world ruled by mutated animals to find him. Along the way, she befriends human survivors and mutant animals. And yeah, the first season dropped in January and the second season dropped in June. And Mel reminded me about it to do on the show. Um, I've only been able to watch up to season one, so we're going to share our thoughts about that. Oh, okay. I guess I can't spoil stuff because there's a lot of spoilers in season two. I will ask okay. you a little bit about that, but okay. not mm-hmm. to spoil it th- okay. that bad. Mm-hmm. So I will give a general kind of discussion, then we can spoil it later sure. if you want. Okay. So, um, I'm I'm still getting used to this new style of storytelling and world building with some of these new children's shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I said on discussion with Steven Universe, it, it took a long time for that show to kind of reveal anything to seriously hook me personally. Mm-hmm. This show is similar, but it has a couple of things that distinguishes it from Steven Universe. And number one, the art style, mm-hmm. the characters of color who make up the main cast. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point a lot faster. That's true. It kind of does. Yeah. Steven Universe took a long time to find its Bruh, speed. I can't. I'm sorry, y'all. I can't. Really? I can't. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Um, so let's talk about the cast first. Uh, Karen Fukuhara voices the titular character Kipo. You may remember her from riveting performances such as Katana in Suicide Squad or the female in the Amazon show The Boys. Do you see a pattern? Wait, what? She don't talk. She was in The Boys? That was her? I had no idea. I don't like the way they did the female in the televised version of The, boy at all, of the Boys at all because she was totally different in the comic book and they should have left her alone but i'm really shocked huh okay so her her big performances that we know her from are Mm -hmm. all silent roles right oh and she was katana too poor her yeah so she got a good break with this with this Uh, yeah definitely because those other two roles were just asian fetishism on parade that's so sad i'm glad she got a good break with this i hope she gets better roles after this too your expression is was my expression was when i when i i looked this up Mm -hmm. because i was like what yeah 
But yeah, she does so well in this show. Mm-hmm. She's she's bright and optimistic. Mm-hmm. Like you really feel the heart. She really puts heart into this character. Mm-hmm. Like she's really great. I'm almost angry I had to wait so long to hear this kind of performance from her. Yeah. Because, but hey, Hollywood, let's rename everything and and take off an episode of, of um, the Golden Girls and uh, make remake the Wonder Years. But let's not actually tell new stories featuring characters of color unless they're animated. Sorry, not bitter, not really, not bitter. well, not bitter, just just annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of kind of bitter, uh, her best friend Wolf mm-hmm. is <laughs> is the dark, literally and figuratively straight character. Uh, against Kipo's brightness here. She's she's also a badass. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's my favorite character. I don't know about mm-hmm. you. Um, she's played by Sydney Michaela, who is a TV actress. She played Olympic gymnast Gabby Douglas mm-hmm. in a Lifetime movie. So she's up and coming. Yeah. She's like 13. She's really young. 17. 17. She, oh, gosh. She was born the year I graduated high school. Wow. And I was like, wow. that's start, uh, that, yeah, that starting kinda, to happen. Yeah, we're oh getting, we're, oh, we're creeping up there. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Panic attack. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, Wolf is great. I don't know how I feel about the dark skinned woman being the angry person, but mm. there's some there's some things about that that kind of grated me a little bit in, in mm-hmm. the show. But as a character, I think she's great. Yeah, especially I, since there's not too many other black women featured. But I that it doesn't stay that way. I'll just put it that right. way. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. She she <laughs> mm-hmm. does. I mean, the, mm-hmm. everyone evolves in this show. Yeah. Or has arcs. They mm-hmm. have arcs. Yeah. There's other characters introduced later. So yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benson is another black character who has a mutant insect companion, Dave, who's also voiced by uh, a black guy. Yeah, Dion Cole. Dion Cole. Benson's voiced by Cole Stewart, who is another TV actor. Mm-hmm. I won't go into more detail about Benson, I guess, because there's something important that I don't want to spoil for people. Or sh- Is that important? I don't Should think, we, I mean, is it, it is it really a spoiler? I mean, I wasn't like, my mind wasn't blown, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I thought it was well done. I don't think it's a spoiler. I thought it was just very well done and undramatic. <laughs> I thought it was we could, normal, which I thought was good. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could. We'll 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 work that in a little, little bit later. later. Okay. 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 We'll, we'll get to Benson more later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to get back to just the basic plot and stuff. You know, it's again, it's things just happen in the beginning. You know, giant killer bunnies, mm-hmm. talking frogs in suits, talking cat lumberjacks. They reveal. The villain and his motivation finally and more backstory for the characters came along a little bit later. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my I didn't raise any eyebrows until mm-hmm. episode five. And that's where they run into a pack of wolves obsessed with science. <laughs> and there was a particular voice that stood out to me, mm-hmm. but I couldn't place it. But once they started singing a song, yeah, it was obvious. I did the same like, oh, oh, that's who that is. The motherfucking Jizza is yes. in this show. Mm hmm. And he's in the, he's in just there for one episode. He's he's in a couple, yeah. He is. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he's opposite of John Hodgman from The Daily Show. I mm-hmm. love that guy. He's 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 very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, do you know that does it has a Netflix show called Liquid Science? Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. I've, I'm kicking myself right now for mm-hmm. not watching that. But mm-hmm. I guess I've only seen like one episode. I haven't watched a lot of it. I love him. Basically, okay, not to cut you off, but to Go put ahead. this in context for those who do like this sort of show, Keep It on the Wonder Beast is kind of a mashup of Adventure Time, yes. Steven Universe, and yes. Maybe Shira, right? It's kind of it's it's sort of a, it's kind of a mix of all of the good things of a lot of recent cartoons. Yes. So it's very diverse, it's very colorful, it's very bizarre and absurdist in its in its content and its humor, and it's also very queer in its content in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how you felt about this, but there was kind of like this door explorer moment moments mm-hmm. where you you see things that the characters won't see or understand until mm-hmm. later. Um. I guess we could say that for a slight spoiler, but it's not a mm-hmm. big deal. But yeah. 
I thought that was really cool. I've never really seen that in an animated exp- mm-hmm. uh, viewing experience like like this. Right. Well, the interesting thing is I so I had seen the like a lot of the media about this show before actually watching any of it, which is why it came to my attention. And I didn't watch it at first because it's rated for ages five to seven. Right. So it is for really little kids. So it's meant to kind of have. Is it? I, I thought I saw yeah. 11 mm-hmm. to 12. Yeah, I saw five to seven when I first started looking into it. It might not be the case, but that I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, I'm not watching that. I don't have. I mean, I'm, no. <laughs> right. And then watching it later and thinking, really, this is a little mature for kids that age. But I could see it working. And that's why you have all those kind of clues and like kind of puzzles to work out as you're watching the show. Yeah, it's really cool. I want to get my basic thoughts uh closing thoughts and then we'll get to some swords if you mm-hmm. want um i think as a children's show as it as i thought it was geared towards preteens at, at, at the maximum mm-hmm. i'd give it like a four and a half five mm-hmm. mutes out of five i think <clears throat> what stands out to me and i think you were talking about this before is that mm-hmm. it's another story that normalizes black faces and faces of color mm-hmm. the characters are black but so far there's nothing that makes their experience in this world different from what their white counterparts would experience? Right. I mean, it's a story about black people, but it's not a story about, like, absurdist racism. It's just a story about these black people surviving in the post-apocalyptic world. And everybody is, virtually every human face in this show is black or Asian. There's one or two white guys. Yeah, overall, yeah, as you said, I think the themes are universal, Mm -hmm. you know, friendship, loyalty, perseverance, accepting yourself, mm-hmm. overcoming obstacles. And I think it's a great show for kids of all shades to, to like project themselves on. Mm-hmm. Like we grew up with a lot of stories with white characters who we projected ourselves onto mm-hmm. them, you know. Doug could have been black. Mm-hmm. Daria could have been black. Well, Skeeter was black. but <laughs> Yes. Yes, but, you know, a, a lonely kid, nerdy yeah, kid who likes, yeah. who likes the girl. You know, yeah, that's understand. nothing special. Could have yeah. been, been black. Mm-hmm. Hey Arnold could have been black. Um, the Incredibles could have been black. Mm-hmm. Inside Out, that character, everyone could have been black in that show mm-hmm. or that, that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke Skywalker could have been black, right? I don't know about him, but, yeah, maybe maybe not him. But I mean, it's just know, a basic, yeah. basic desert kid you know farming things i just feel like a black i feel like a black character would have changed the content of that a little bit just culturally speaking that you know How? i don't know i mean i don't i couldn't see i think you can definitely have a story with a black character as kind of the the naive clueless newbie but i just think it would play out differently he could have been black but i feel like there's something very essentially white in the way in the cultural approach that that story took okay Let's go get the power converters from Tachi Station. Let me argue back with my my aunt and uncle forever. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like he mm-hmm. like cursed him out because that because that'd been different. Yeah, like, that's, that's, you're like, right. That's true. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. D- didn't I just say go with this power converters? <laughs> right, but, yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I guess wasn't like he was in Walmart, mm-hmm. like you know, throwing a fit and yeah, true, with true. a leash on or something. Right. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but he could have been, and that is my point. <laughs> Okay. I don't know if that is my point, but anyway, that's a okay. funny thought. Closing arguments. Yeah, let's, though, let's, let's move back. on. Yeah. <laughs> so as as a, as a kid show, very mm-hmm. good for me personally. I would probably bring it down to maybe a four out of five. After watching season one, I wasn't uber excited to binge the next season, mm-hmm. but I was at least curious. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my main things for like very very high status is rewatchability, mm-hmm. and there was little to make me really want to rewatch this show like I would my favorites that are similar like mm-hmm. Avatar or Naruto or One Piece or Samurai Jack. The overall creativity is certainly here for this, like for the world building, but there isn't a big enough hook for me yet mm-hmm. with the comedy mm-hmm. or the action mm-hmm. or the music, which mm-hmm. happens, you know, regularly yeah. enough. 
But yeah, I hope they can build on that mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. I just thought I would also add Avatar into the mashup I said before. So it's got elements of kind of the whole Avatar thing. Oh, yeah. Like your kind of your, your madcap sort of wacky yeah. group of misfits together making their own little tribe that's sure, on sure. a quest. I love quest shows. I'm really a sucker for quest narratives. And I like, I, you know, especially ones featuring uh, female characters. So I really like quest narratives. And I like that this was a quest show. And as far as the second season definitely does level up on that, I think, okay. in a lot of ways. Because okay. if you, yeah, there's a huge spoiler in the first episode of the second season that I think might actually hook you back in. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. For me, I don't know that I'd rate it. I think if I had kids, I'd totally watch this with them. Oh, This totally. is so much fun to watch with. It would be really a lot of fun to watch with Heck kids. Yeah. For me, it was on in the background. It's cute, light, fluffy content with an interesting enough story, but it's not something I'm going to sit and like watch intensely ever it's just fun background noise it was something positive to have playing while i do my laundry or fold clothes or whatever yeah if i had kids i would totally watch it with them mm-hmm. this would be like the new spongebob you know mm-hmm. just sitting there and just yeah yeah totally do you want to get into the spoilers a little bit yeah sure uh, so for those who mm-hmm. have seen it stick around for those who have not seen it come back and Five minutes, maybe we'll be done. We always say that, and then twenty minutes later, we're like, "No, they're all the temptations, damn it!" But anyway, <laughs> twenty minutes later, no, um, I tell you what, I'll put a timer out, and, oh my and, gosh. and I'll edit it in okay later on for you guys, okay. folks. If you want to skip past the spoilers, go eight and a half minutes past this. Okay, Benson, mm-hmm. wow, I really enjoyed how they handled him. Mm. Yeah, I. The thing I liked about the diversity, quote unquote, about this show is that for me, I I always I don't know if I love the words diversity and inclusion because they mean an addition often. But for me, that's a totally normal state of being. So, of course, if you have a bunch of friends, some of them, they're not all going to be straight. So, yeah, which I and I thought that it was nice that it was handled in a normal way. It wasn't like. Let a me freak expi- out moment. Yeah, exactly. No here's freak my out backstory. Moment. Yeah, he and... didn't. Yeah, he didn't have a backstory. He didn't sing a song. Let me explain being gay. He didn't do any of that. He was just like, I'm gay, and she was like, Oh. Then they kept on with their quest. They the had end. a hug while yeah. while we bond. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing this with me. Yeah. Great, mm-hmm. thank you. And let's let's keep going. Yeah, which was great. I really thought that was well handled. And I, furthermore, I liked how mm-hmm. they visualized his gayness too. I mean, they didn't just say I'm gay and left it. He mm-hmm. had a dream about being at a beach par- at a pool party with mm-hmm. all dudes. Like there wasn't any women in that party. Yeah. It was all dudes. Mm-hmm. It's just how a preteen kid would possibly see himself, yeah. you know? Yeah, like if never, I was yeah. if I was 12, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. have a party with cute girls in in my house too I guess you know like yeah I mean he wasn't tokenized at all he was not at all and that's what I liked is everybody has like a I guess what would be considered a distinct minority identity so you've got uh, Wolf who's not only black but also an adoptee which is an interesting story. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It was really well done, I thought, as yeah. far as her story. Um, you've got uh, Benson, who's black and gay and travels with a bug. I don't know. <laughs> um, you've got Kipo, who is biracial. Who right. She's Korean and black. But none of them, that's not, for none, that's not like announced about any of them. It's just a natural part of who they are. And mm. it's integrated into the story really naturally. Just like nobody ever had to explain, hey, look, Luke Skywalker, he's white. See how he's white? He's going to explain that really his parents came from the Earth colony of Norway in the year, right? He never has to explain. He's just there taking power converters to Tachi Station. Is it Hatchy Station? Tachi Station. I haven't watched the Star Wars, the original trilogy in such a long time. I'm disillusioned. You're slipping. Yeah, I am slipping. Anyway, point being... Luke never had to explain that he was a white dude in space, and these guys never have to explain that they are whoever they are in the apocalyptic future. 
they actually say what year it is. It's like 500 years after 2020. It's, it's 200 years. <laughs> 200 years, right. Yep. So it's two, it's, what would that be? 2220? Yeah. 2220. Yeah, 2220. Interesting. Yeah. I did kind of freak out think when I was rewatching a couple episodes because apparently the date of the apocalypse is October 23rd, 2020. And I'm like, hey, 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 slow down. Slow down. We, we're, <laughs> Hey. <laughs> Guys, can we can you all at least let me play the newest Metroid game before you end the world? Like that's that's all I wanted. All I wanted was was to get to end game and that was good. But now like let me play Metroid and then I can go. I or, just want to see a movie in a theater again at some point in my life. Well, I don't even care if it's we, a bad one. We could. Oh, we could, but not a new one. I that's mean. true. Well, I mean a new Korean one, but I want to see like a movie I want to sure. go to the theater to sure. see. Sure. I'm mm-hmm. with you. I like how they handled uh Kipo's powers. I, mm-hmm. it was like Jizza kept me. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's cool. And then all of a sudden, with Vince or she got the powers, I was like, mm-hmm. her her night mode kicked on. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, her what's this vision, about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what sucks is when I had to go back to watch. You know, I would I would mm-hmm. close the, the computer and go back up. The thumbnail for the show already had her in her jaguar form. So it was like, well, this is spoiled. I I, I didn't know what she was going to become. I just it I did. Just, yeah, so oh. so like oh, because so you do know the big thing because they don't even talk about that until they don't talk about it in detail until the un- end until of, yeah until uh-huh. season two yeah, yeah. I, so like uh-huh. it, it kind of spoiled it for me already oh, wow. I was like okay. I was like well fuck well oh, I didn't realize that wow. sucks okay. but yeah it's yeah. cool it's fine oh, though but that's a shame because that that actually was what got me kept me going in the show like oh she's a what now okay yeah. so I thought it was just a fun little quest and now she's Miss Monster yeah I was I was curious I mean mm-hmm. it, it's it's interesting yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that, other, that that kept yeah. me, and mm-hmm. then I'm gay. I'm like, okay, wow, yeah. this is like mm-hmm. this is they're really building on this. Mm-hmm. But again, it was like, man, it took some time for us definitely, for us, yeah. for us to get and here. And then you mean Benson gets a little boyfriend and all of that. So you know, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, that was yeah, exactly, that was stuff. cool. Yeah. It wasn't mm-hmm. just here's my gay pool party. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm actually gonna develop something mm-hmm. with this guy, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was cool. I thought that was. I think there are gonna be a lot of gay kids out there like, wow, this is normal to do. Like, I can just bond with this guy over music mm-hmm. or you know like mm-hmm. that was it wasn't a big a big to do about yeah, it exactly. i thought it was really great yeah i mean it was really well done overall it was uh, it was a, it was a cute show i really liked just how cute definitely. it was and how it wasn't heavy it had a good story but it dealt with things that we often uh so yeah i was talking to somebody the other day about you know often when we see stories or write stories about people of color people of quote-unquote difference whatever Mm -hmm. people who exist in the normal variation of diversity um we often are all up in our trauma Mm -hmm. even if it's for kids um and it's nice that this is there's this is this has trauma but none of it is based in difference it's well none of it is based in real difference it's off it's all based in fantastic difference which is different (laughs) let's talk about wolf's trauma yeah jesus christ yeah that was really something but the fact that like they well okay go ahead and talk about it yeah no no because i have my real only real thought is her my comment on her is on her wardrobe because that was when i was like whoa that's yeah. a little dark and that was when I was like wait five to seven are you sure that's what I'm saying I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. correct yeah. I don't think that's correct at all uh-huh. um, but yeah just being adopted by wolves and then they betray mm-hmm. you and you wear the skin yeah ex- of, of your per- sister yeah of the person you mm-hmm. murdered yeah that's wild yeah. that's Mm-hmm. That's trauma. Yeah, it was. But it was really well handled. And it explains the character of Wolf and gives her layers and levels, which is why I'm not too... Because at first I was like, why is the black one grumpy? Um, and then... It, it, but there are layers to her character that are that go beyond that kind of tokenism, that totally. kind of stereotyping. So, And it's a, it's a very... Well, 
aside from the fact that there are talking wolves. It's a very real story. Sure. So yeah, there are some other characters added in season two that mitigate kind of the, the fact that she's the only black lady okay. in the woods. Okay. Uh, they kind of mitigate that, not entirely, but partially. I am kind mm-hmm. of scratching my head that mm-hmm. how she's so hardened, but Benson is almost about as old as she is. Well, yeah, but Benson just... doesn't get a backstory, so we don't know where he came from. For all we know, he could have been like happy, happy, joy, joy the whole time. We don't. Yeah, know. but I'm mm-hmm. curious about how that like how that works sure. in that world because they're oh. being hunted all the time mm-hmm. by by Scarlet Mane, by just regular. Mm-hmm. 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 I love that Animals. name, by the way. The, the villain's name is Scarlet Mane. That's, that's, cool. that's hilarious. That's yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that that's. Yeah, I yeah, I totally get it. But he doesn't really get enough backstory, I think, to explain. Yeah. But but yeah. I guess for mm-hmm. me, it's just the rules of of the show. Like mm-hmm. it's presented as this incredibly hostile place. Mm-hmm. How are you mm-hmm. that? But it's also chill. yeah. I mean, I I think that's where I th- the Adventure too, Time okay. comparison comes in because in Adventure Time, some people are clearly living through like God only knows what, and some people are like the, the main character is totally what's it Finn, Finn. is totally like happy, happy, joy, joy, no problems. So I don't know. I mean, I guess different people have different personalities. I didn't sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have any more thoughts? No, I mean, I think it's a cute show. Give it a watch if you're looking for something just pleasant to pass the time. I will watch season two, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's uh, let's close it out here because it's, so. yeah. it's been a long one. Yeah, it's been a minute, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, hope you guys enjoyed the show. This is Blurred Up, of course. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. You can find us on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D-P-R-U-P. And you can find us on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. Also on Blurred.com, our partners. Check them out. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and WordPress, I suppose, at EqualOpportunityReader.com. If you want to talk about books, that's all I talk about all the time, books. <laughs> I don't know. I'm out of like announcing. I don't know. <laughs> no, you're great. You wrote, um, you wrote a recent piece about mm-hmm. why you don't talk about racism i forgot the exact title oh yeah i don't yeah i'm not doing big black book lists or like anti-racist book recommendations or anything because that's not a conversation i need to be a part of i am i get if you just got hip to this there are so many resources out there for you to find out on your own i'm going to continue centering everybody else and like and i keep saying this on this show and elsewhere my litmus test is people of color people of difference quote unquote people who are diverse are normal to themselves and deserve to be able to tell stories and have those stories read in which they are normal to themselves. And that's what I like to highlight. That's all it was. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, to let folks know mm-hmm. about my my challenge, I made my challenge at the very end of June. So mm-hmm. it's very hard to like cram that a book in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've been working on two. So I, I started Angela Davis's Women Racing Class. class. Mm-hmm. And I realized I couldn't finish that book in time. So I, I tried that for like a week. It's heavy, yeah. It's, and, it's pretty dense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then I went back to The, the Bluest Eye, which I, ha- I never finished. Okay. So I'm like two-thirds through with that book now. Okay. And I hope I can finish that by next week. Mm-hmm. Just let you guys know what's going on for next week. We're not going to have a show next week, mm-hmm. but I did team up with Fantastic Frankie. She's a up-and-coming Instagram blurred mm-hmm. person. Um, she has really great content. Uh, she'll have like these kind of five-minute videos with these kind of uh kind of incendiary headlines like her la- one of her last ones was beast is the candace owens of the x-men universe oh jeez um, <laughs> okay and, sh- and she'll do things like that but mm-hmm. but she'll pull out 
B-roll uh, comic mm-hmm. screenshot panels and things that they have they have done to like really prove her point. She's mm-hmm. she's really clever, mm-hmm. and I did a collaboration with her because the first X Men film mm-hmm. turns twenty next right. week, mm-hmm. and so we did a kind of a retrospective on that. Mm-hmm. We ranked our favorite X Men films, cool. and we also tried to recast the original X Men with all black characters or all black actors. Mm-hmm. My challenge was who wasn't in the who wasn't already in the MCU. Which I mean, still leaves you with lots of black actors. Oh yeah, so, yeah. but personally, yeah, it, it was mm-hmm. a, it was a hard for me, harder for me, because there were mm-hmm. folks I wanted that were already yeah okay there. So mm-hmm. so yeah, so yeah, that all that and more. So check out for those videos. I'll, I'll post those on the social medias. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, cool. Look forward to that. And yeah, take care. Peace and peace.